today on The One Upbeat. We finish up our first go-around of 1996 by exploring some other favorite soundtracks from the year. You'll hear music from Yoko Shimomura, Evelyn Fisher, and more. for part three of our 1996 review. Today we'll listen to some other favorite scores that didn't fit into the previous two categories, being a new series or from the launch of the Nintendo 64. One thing to note is, although the Nintendo 64 launched in June of 1996 in Japan, the year was still filled with some excellent Super Nintendo games. Those are going to be two-thirds of what you hear on the show today. The SNES really was a monster like that. Although it didn't do as well as the original NES due to the super tough competition from the Sega Genesis, it probably still has my favorite library of games ever, and that was continuing well into the launch year of its successor. The first game we'll discuss we've looked at before. We covered Super Mario RPG on our Yoko Shimomura episode a long time ago. The game is a masterpiece, and every Mario RPG has failed to live up to it. It was a special collaboration between Nintendo and Squaresoft, as they were known at the time. Sort of like when Squaresoft teamed up with Enix to make Chrono Trigger, it's been hard to recapture the magic. Shimomura was at her most whimsical here, and did a great job accompanying Mario's final adventure on the Super Nintendo. We're going to play a great medley of music from the game, performed by the Orchestra de Jeux Video, or OJV. I'm trying to remember if we played one of their arrangements on the show before. A really great group out of Canada, it might be worth looking into and going a little more in depth with them sometime in the future. They'll take you through a great journey of Super Mario RPG's music now as we play a medley from Super Mario RPG composed by Yoko Shimomura.
12 days after Super Mario RPG, Nintendo released Kirby Superstar. Kirby Superstar is often considered the best game in the Kirby series, which itself is a series with no bad games. Kirby Superstar is six games in one, from the standard side-scrolling Kirby style mode to a racing game and the Great Cave Offensive, which plays more like a Metroid game. I've used the term upbeat a lot describing these 1996 games, but it's true. That time period was full of upbeat and uplifting music. Kirby in general is extremely uplifting. Kirby is like candy in gaming form, always sweet, always pleasant, and colorful. Jun Ishikawa was the composer on Kirby Superstar. He's more or less the main Kirby guy, writing for the series since its inception in 1992, and continues to be the composer for the series to this day. We're paying a visit to our friends at Jagmo once again for a big 13-minute medley of Kirby Superstar music. There's so much content in this game that a medley of that size is only fitting, so I hope you enjoy it. Here's music from Kirby Superstar, composed by Jun Ishikawa.
series was the second for the Super Famicom. As the resident I love JRPG music but hate playing RPGs guy, strangely, Fire Emblem is one that escaped me until Smash Bros. brought the series to the West. It wasn't until 2001 when Western gamers got their first taste of Fire Emblem via two playable characters in Super Smash Bros. Melee. Even then, that's pretty early on and the music still didn't grab me right away for some reason. I think part of it was the ones I really did start play, paying attention to were the GameCube and Wii games, Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. The scores were clearly written for orchestra, but didn't have an orchestra to perform them. It's a damn shame when this happens. A similar issue came up with The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, where the score was gorgeous, but the samples used to perform the music were very cheap and cheesy sounding, and took away any of the oomph the compositions and orchestration had. It wasn't until much later, when Fire Emblem started getting popular worldwide, for all the wrong reasons, that live performances and arrangement albums for the series started popping up all over the place. It really gives you a new appreciation for the themes and melodic style. Fire Emblem has some really great music. But I should have known this before. There are a number of tracks that were performed in the old game music concert CDs from the 90s, which we've gone over before. It was then that I realized that Fire Emblem's fourth game, Genealogy of the Holy War, was released in May of 1996, and it was on the final album in the series. Then I was completely and utterly confused. Fire Emblem Genealogy of the Holy War was released for Super Famicom on May 14, 1996. Game Music Concert number 5 was performed live on October 29, 1995 in Shibuya. So, did they preview the music for the new Fire Emblem game almost seven months in advance? I mean, I guess that's possible, right? That's really cool if that's the case. It's really hard to find info on these albums, and it doesn't help that in this case the liner notes say, quote, main theme, which it isn't, and it's from Fire Emblem 2. Maybe they meant Super Nintendo Fire Emblem 2, 
or Super Famicom Fire Emblem 2? It doesn't really say. Information in 1996 for Japanese game music was really hard to come by, especially this concert series. It's a miracle we even have recordings from these concerts, as rare as they are. The game's music is composed by Yuka Tsujiyoko, who composed music for Fire Emblem since the first game in the series. She was the sole composer up until Fire Emblem The Binding Blade, which was the last game that was Japan exclusive until they brought the series to the West with the second Game Boy Advance game. She would go on to leave developer Intelligence Systems and become a freelancer, but would still help with supervision of the series' music, and sometimes write some tracks for the games as well. Please enjoy the medley from Fire Emblem, Genealogy of the Holy War, composed by Yuka Tsujioko.
APM Music offers limitless potential for your creative content. No matter the genre or mood, all the music you need is on one platform. And you don't have to worry about licensing. APM's got that covered. Need help finding the perfect track? APM's dedicated music directors can deliver curated options designed specifically for your creative vision. APM's website uses best-in-class search technology, so finding the perfect track is easier than ever. Find your sound at apmmusic.com. Poor Sega Saturn. It never had a chance, but it gets two chances so far in the journey here. An obvious choice, Nights into Dreams, was the Sega Saturn masterpiece that people begged so long for a sequel. Ultimately, they did get a sequel in 2007 for the Wii, but nobody seemed to really care at the time. Knights is very much a product of its time, an inspiring and uplifting, there we go again, game by Sonic Team and produced by Sonic creator Yuji Naka. There are a lot of Sega classics from the 90s that have a special place in people's hearts, but Knights was a little more than that. It held on a lot longer than most of them. It's hard to describe gaming magic, but you know it when it's there. Everyone feels it at some point in their lives, and it's usually a product of growing up with that game. You don't really hear about Knights much anymore. I think the people who hold it close have moved on, grown up, played the sequel, and they're satisfied. Those special gaming moments are important, though, and deserve to be preserved like this. When you think of the music from Knights, one track stands out front and center, and it's the title theme, Knights. With the power of the full orchestra, it'll move you and convince you that magic does exist. It was composed by Tomoko Sasaki. Please enjoy Nights.
In the same year Mario blasted into the world of 3D gaming, Sonic the Hedgehog kind of did too. Sega was trying to put out one more game for the Genesis, even though it was really old news by that time. The problem is, Sonic Team was busy working on nights. They called up developer Traveler's Tales to do most of the programming for the new title, Sonic 3D Blast. You know Traveler's Tales from the dozens of LEGO games they've done in the last 15 or so years. Sonic's big debut in 3D was supposed to be a game called Sonic Extreme for the Sega Saturn. After a series of unfortunate events, which was commonplace for Sega and the constant battle between Sega of Japan and Sega of America, the game was ultimately cancelled. So what did they do for Saturn? They just ported the Genesis game to Saturn, but not without some changes. Both versions of Sonic 3D Blast were released in November of 1996. The basic layout of the levels is pretty much the same, but the graphics look different and the Saturn version has a completely different soundtrack than the Genesis version. I'm going to focus on the Saturn version here to introduce composer Richard Jakes in his Sonic series debut. Jakes is an English-born composer who ended up at Sega of Europe in the mid-90s. In addition to Sonic 3D Blast, he would do work on Jet Set Radio and Sonic R. He's an excellent composer, and you will definitely hear more from him on the show soon. Here's some selections from the Sega Saturn version of Sonic 3D Blast with music by Richard Jakes.
One of the true unsung heroes of game audio is Evelyn Novakovic. Known as Evelyn Fisher in 1996, she worked at Rareware, where her first composing job was Donkey Kong Country. Most people don't know that she wrote some of the best tunes in the game, including the map theme, Candy Kong's music, the temple music, and the snow world music, which the snow pieces might be my favorite of the game period. After writing music at Rare for Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run, most of the staff that worked on Donkey Kong Country 2 were taken off the sequel to start Dream, which would later become Banjo-Kazooie. Fisher would then become head composer on Donkey Kong Country 3. Donkey Kong Country 3 gets a really bad rap. It's an interesting game in that it's a great Super Nintendo game that released after the launch of the Nintendo 64. Funny enough, when you go to save your game in Wrinkly Kong's cave, sometimes she'll be playing Super Mario 64 and you can hear a Donkey Kongified version of the Peach's Castle music. I think when you're a revolutionary game like the original Donkey Kong Country, and then one of the absolute best games of all time in Donkey Kong Country 2, there's really no way you're going to top that. There's just a certain critical mass you can hit. Regardless, Donkey Kong Country 3 is an excellent game. Don't let people tell you otherwise. Don't skip it whatsoever. The music, as expected being from the composer of Ice Cave Chant, is sublime. It was really hard to narrow down which tracks to play on the show today, we're going to try anyway. This is music from Donkey Kong Country 3 by Evelyn Fisher. That's going to do it for us today as well. Come back next time for our final dive through 1996 as we come back around and do a little more from each category to wrap things up. Until then, thanks for listening.
Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burton for providing his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the show, and to David Casina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's intro music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at Sound Radio on Twitter, at Cinematic Sound on Facebook, and from wherever you're listening to us today, please leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. Reviews help introduce potential new listeners to the show. While you're at it, head over to TeePublic to find yourself a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt and support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash cinematicsoundradio. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at cinematicsound.net.